Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. We are on. Excellent. So, Cindy, I'm really curious to know what is going on this week in history. Well, obviously, Katie, we know that vaccines are all over the news these days. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But did you also know that this week, 225 years ago, vaccines were also all over the news as well? Mm, I'm trying to, I can't even, I'm trying to imagine what vaccine or what disease you're trying to vaccinate against. I don't even know. It was all over CNN, Colonial (laughs) News Network. Network. (laughs) Oh, uh, cowpox? Small? No, smallpox. Smallpox. You're actually you are holy. You're two for two, Katie. Oh. So so hear this. On May fourteenth, seventeen ninety six, an English country doctor from Gloucester. (laughs) Gloucester. Gloucester. Oh, oh, I I used to know how to say it. Gloucester. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. I speak English just as well as I speak French. (laughs) (laughs) On May 14th, 1796, a country doctor from Gloucestershire Mm -hmm. took fluid from a cowpox blister. (gasps) You nailed it. Yes. And he rubbed it into the skin of James Phipps, an eight-year-old boy. One single blister rose up on the spot, but James soon recovered. On July 1st, the doctor inoculated the boy again, this time with smallpox. There you go. And no disease developed. And with that, Katie, Dr. Edward Jenner had administered the world's first vaccination as a preventative treatment for smallpox, a disease that had killed millions of people over the centuries. That's incredible. Insert applause here. (laughs) But, Katie, the real credit goes to a man named Onesimus. And to hear Onesimus' story, we have to go back 90 more years uh, to 1706. Okay. Onesimus was an enslaved West African man who had been purchased for a prominent Puritan minister. And get this, he was purchased by his congregation. Which, oh my gosh, could you imagine? Like, we're just going to pass around the collection pay- plate, just throw in what you can because we want to buy some people. How awful is that? Oh my God. The minister's name was Cotton Mather. Mather gave the enslaved man the name Onesimus, which meant useful. So, Katie, by our 21st century standards, Mather was a bit of a dick. <laughs> Go on. In addition to owning slaves, he liked to publish pamphlets, some of which played an instrumental part in the stirring the pot during the Salem witch trials. But that's a story for a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Mathers actually really believed in witchcraft, and mm-hmm. he also looked down on what he called the, quote, devilish rites of African people. And he worried that these practices might actually cause enslaved people to openly rebel. Hmm. I don't know if it's so much the rights as it is the taking them from where they live and forcing them into slavery. Maybe just, 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 just guessing, just guessing. So therefore Mather felt it was his duty to convert enslaved people to Christianity. Mm -hmm. Mather also did not trust Onesimus. 
He claimed that Onesimus was wicked and useless and demonstrated thievish behaviors. But honestly, I think that Mather's real problem with Onesimus was more due to the fact that Mather was constantly trying to convert Onesimus to Christianity. And Onesimus was like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> and I think that was what really pissed him off. But, Katie, in 1716, mm -hmm. Onesimus told Mather something that blew Mather's mind. Onesimus told him that he knew how to prevent smallpox. Oh. Onesimus told Mather that he had, quote, gone under an operation which had given him something of the smallpox and would forever preserve him from it. And whoever had the courage to use it was forever free of the fear of contagion. Hmm. So this operation that Onesimus described is actually a process called variolation. Have you ever heard of variolation? I have not, but I think I know how the process works, roughly, okay. based on what you've described with Ed, Ed, um, Edward Jenner. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm no Fauci, but I'm pretty sure variolation is basically the act of rubbing uh, pus from an infected person into an open wound on the arm. Mm -hmm. And in the case mm -hmm. of smallpox... A person who underwent variolation was then essential, essentially inoculated against smallpox. So also, to be clear, uh, variolation is not the same thing as vaccination. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, variolation is used specifically in relation to smallpox, which I didn't know. Because mm, it creates a, a, literally a pock, like a little blister. <gasps> yeah. 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 Also, vaccination involves exposing a person to a less dangerous virus mm -hmm. to cause immunity. But this smallpox variolation that Onesimus described was successful at activating a person's immune response and protected against the disease most of the time. So Mather heard this and he was so excited. He, for one, he believed Onesimus's story, which you know, probably shocked Onesimus. He's like, oh, now you believe me. You know, you didn't believe me the first 26 times I told you that I'm yeah. fine with my own cultural and religious practices. Mm -hmm. But and like five minutes ago, you were calling me a, 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 th a lazy thiever. So exactly. I just want to just want to point that out. Exactly. Mather did some research and he did verify that story with uh, the stories of other enslaved people. And he learned that this procedure, in addition to having been used in China and Turkey before, mm -hmm. had also been practiced for a very long time in Africa among sub-Saharan people. <laughs> so Mather was super excited about this and became an avid proponent of inoculation. And he began spreading the word throughout all of Massachusetts um, and elsewhere in hopes that it would prevent smallpox. But it didn't go over as well as he had hoped. Um, white people were reluctant about a medical procedure that was developed and used by black people and a procedure that was allegedly based on folklore. Mather mm -hmm. was ridiculed and vilified. Actually, um, an explosive device was even thrown into his window at some point. <laughs> um so while there is, of course, a very strong racial element, there also was this religious element, too. Mm -hmm. uh, preachers and other people claimed that vaccination went against God's specific will. 
So he was if up against get, that. If you get smallpox, you should just die from it. Exactly. As God intended. But on April 22nd, 1721, a British ship arrived in Boston Harbor. One of the sailors on board the ship began to exhibit signs of smallpox. Mm-hmm. While he was immediately quarantined, other sailors came down with smallpox and quickly an outbreak of the disease spread throughout the city of Boston. There was only one physician. His name was Zabdiel Boylston. Just rolls off oh, the tongue. Boylston Street. <laughs> I'm oh. assuming. Yeah. yeah. So Boylston took Mather's claim seriously and he followed that prescription for mm-hmm. variolation. Boylston inoculated uh, his son, and he also inoculated his enslaved workers against the disease using Onesimus's procedure. Then he began inoculating other Bostonians using the same method. Of the 242 people, Katie, that he inoculated, mm-hmm. only six died. On the other hand, one in seven people died among the population who didn't undergo the procedure. Wow. So while this smallpox epidemic in Boston ultimately wiped out 14% of the population, oh my God. it did set the stage for vaccination for future epidemics. It is also worth mentioning that in 1980, the World Health Assembly declared smallpox completely eradicated and no cases of naturally occurring smallpox have happened since. So what happened to Onesimus? I'm hoping something great, but I have a feeling not so great. Well, here's the thing. So allegedly in 1716, he attempted to buy his freedom from Mather by actually raising funds to purchase another enslaved man to take his place. Oh. Which I didn't know was a thing. I I thought you could just straight up buy your freedom. Not in this case. Um, Mather also placed conditions on his release, requiring that Onesimus perform work for Mather at his command and return five pounds that Mather claimed Onesimus had stolen. Just to be clear, five pounds of money, Mm -hmm. not five pounds of weight. That also just sounds like slavery, but with extra steps. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, A lot of people believe that the reason why Mather allowed Onesimus to purchase his freedom Uh, was because Mather failed to convert him to Christianity despite trying many times. (laughs) Well, I give up. (laughs) Well, and that made Mather feel like a failure as both a religious man and the head of his household. So in 2016, nearly 300 years later, Onesimus did make the Boston Globe as one of the 100 best Bostonians of all time. Oh, where did he rank? He came in at number 52, Katie. That's not too bad. Who who was All right, who who was like above him? Who's like well, I'm going to have you guess. Okay. Guess who came in at um, number 29? Was it Cotton Mather? Tom Brady. <laughs> do you want to do you want to take a guess at who's number 7? Who's number 7? I don't even know. Uh Matt Damon. Julia Child. Julia Child? I didn't know she lived in Boston. I didn't even know she was from Boston either. Okay. But, I mean, I guess she does make delicious food, so. I I don't know. 
bringing about the the nascent science of vaccination, I think just kind of slightly ranks above Coco Envan, personally. <laughs> I mean, I love me some chicken, but I also like not having smallpox. What about chicken pox? <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. We have to cut that out. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> and that is the story of Onesimus, who set the stage for Edward Jenner's first vaccination this week in 1796. <laughs> 